1: And welcome to the Empire Dynasty League Podcast. Back again, I'm your host, Ben, joined as always by Kenny and Hod. How are you guys?
2: Mate, I'm going a lot better after seeing Hod dance to Madonna in the intro. My goodness, that was outstanding. (laughs) Can
0: dance, this bloke.
2: Sure
1: as shit can. Uh, (laughs) We had Madonna as our intro, which... I'm sure it could be applicable for a number of things. We just had our rookie draft for well, all those listeners who may be aware because you were probably part of it. But uh what do we think the song might relate to about time going by so slowly, Kenny?
2: Yeah, no, you're not wrong there, mate. It can certainly apply to a few in this league. Um look, I think it's gotta be something to do with the draft, obviously, with that uh, in the books. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Steph here. I just think the time that he took between selecting picks two and three was um, almost troubling. And I just sometimes do not know what goes through that man's mind. Um, so am I, am I on the right track there, mate?
1: I think, you know, it probably just speaks to the true character of Steph. He genuinely believed that I wasn't going to take Trevor Lawrence at the one oh one. He was hanging out for hope and then he had to scramble and take a couple of hours to make his mind up for pick <laughs> two there. So, no, it wasn't about Steph. What do you reckon, Hod?
0: Well, I'm not the most musically gifted person. W- was that not Madonna, Madonna Hung Up? It was, or yes. You, that, okay, so that's the song title. And all right, I'm going to take the literal meaning of this. Hung Up would have to also relate to the DFF, um, and that would apply to his grinder. I mean, uh, <laughs> Tinder calls that he always gets <laughs> hung up on. Am I close? <laughs>
1: I wish, I wish that it actually was uh. relating to that. That would have been a much better fit. But no, it uh, it was relating to. Well, it could actually relate to a few members of the league who took, uh, who took that eight hours that was allocated per pick and really used every second of that eight hours. Uh, some going right up to the minute, but also uh, Manny who took several hours just to trade back three spots at one point, and then also took the full length. Uh, eight hours in the fourth round to just be auto-picked with the old Jared Rice, uh, which was an inspiring pick for all to, to sit through after eight hours. So, yeah, start-up draft, uh, 25 rounds, went faster than a rookie draft with four rounds. So try and do the maths on that. Keeney, you're into stats and numbers. Make sense of that for
2: us. Well, yeah, it doesn't make a heap of sense other than... Um, you could argue that the startup there's probably more well-known players in the mix, and uh, I don't know. I just think everyone was very careful with their selections. Um, there's a few trades here and there, but yeah, geez, it did uh, it did drag a fraction odd.
0: Well, it, it might not make much sense, but it definitely made more sense than Dwayne Russell talking through the Geelong Collingwood game today about crabs live <laughs> on TV. So we're still on the right path, I think. <laughs> it's true. You know you're doing
1: well when we're doing better than Dwayne. That's true. But we will, as we said, get into reviewing the rookie draft. We did a mock draft last week. Uh, We'll touch on sort of what happened, the trends that took place. But we'll start off with the first four picks in our rookie draft. At the 101, there's no surprise that the Park City Lions went ahead and took Trevor Lawrence there. The DFF at the 102 took Zach Wilson and then followed up with Trey Lance, which was a bit surprising for some. And then the Jim City Stallions rounded off the fourth pick with Justin Fields. What are some of our thoughts there?
0: Well, I might jump in here because I I did have um, the DFF in our mock draft with picks two and three. Um, Interestingly, he thought about ruining our mock draft and taking Lance at two uh, in hindsight, but he did stick true with Zach Wilson. So bang on ski there. Um, And then obviously I thought he might dabble with um, the tight end premium position with Kyle Pitts, but he did stick with two QBs. So has the league learnt a bit of a lesson from the startup draft last year where the quarterbacks did slide a bit more? I'm not sure. Keeney, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree, mate. I think, um, yeah, it was always interesting to see what Steph was going to do, particularly at pick three. I Always thought there was going to be a QB there at two that he would take. Um, look, I had I had Lance personally up pretty high, so I think he's I think he's done well there with those two picks. I think um, the interesting pick for mine was Jim um, just taking Justin Fields at pick four, having just traded uh, Jalen Hurts into his team for Derrick Henry. So the logical conclusion. Uh, for mine, was that maybe he just replaces, you know, Derek Henry with another workhorse back in Anaji Harris and, and gets younger in both positions. Um, wasn't to be, took probably what I think was best available in the next best player in Justin Fields, um, strengthens that part of his squad. Um, and really from there, the, the draft kind of started to evolve and certainly went in different directions because he took QB there at pick four. So um, that that ripple effect from Jim's decision was was very interesting. It definitely did have a flow on
1: effect um, with both, I think, the third and fourth pick. But yeah, no, I think well done to Steph, who who's sewn up, you know, not only he's got his two QBs, but he's gone ahead and got uh, some backup and some insurance there with two young blokes. If his two starting QBs happen to uh, not have jobs by the end of the year, he's got coverage. And then same thing with Jim. He's gone ahead and traded in for a quarterback and then gone and drafted one. Um, interesting to get Steph's insight after the draft and we sort of asked him if Kyle Pitts or uh, Jamar Chase or any of those blokes were on his radar and he said none of them were on his radar it was a pretty much decision between Fields or Lance at that three spot so interesting to see where his mindset was at Hod.
0: I'll ask a question on the fly boys and zero prep for this one Um, four QBs out of the gates do you think that's um, a trend we will see in rookie drafts in the future, or do we see this draft particularly being a very strong quarterback draft?
2: Um, no, I think I think more to the latter. I think, look, I think obviously Superflex, um, there's going to be more of a waiting towards QB, but I think it's arguably a, um, one of the better QB or deeper QB classes we've had in a long time. And obviously we've only been doing this for a couple of years, but um, even you, you look at some of the research historically and there hasn't kind of been these four guys. You throw in Mac Jones, number five. Um, it's a really strong class. So I think, um, yeah, I can see QBs going a lot earlier than what um, they traditionally would in redraft, certainly. But um, for, them, for, for us to have four in a row here, I think that's probably going to be unique going forward.
1: Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, there's been drafts in the past where QBs have gone one and two. Uh, to have three QBs off the board in the NFL draft is pretty rare. And then to throw fields, I think was 11. Uh, And most people sort of argued that he slid in the draft as well. So four QBs, you know, within the first 11 picks and then Mac Jones to fall to the pats a bit later on, I think is not going to happen in most NFL drafts. So I reckon you will see in future rookie drafts, probably a waiting towards one or two QBs, but I don't think you'll see four QBs off the board for a very long time.
0: Well, it will be interesting because historically, uh, quarterbacks in the first round is below fifty percent hit rate, getting a second contract. So, mm. some teams will thrive, and some are going to be um, picking early again in a few and, years.
2: And I suppose probably just thinking the um, the closest thing we've probably had to it in recent times is that Baker Mayfield, um, Darnold, Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen draft. So. Um, probably be interesting to see kind of where they went in rookie drafts that year. I'm not not too sure to be honest, but um, that's probably the closest thing I can remember of kind of five QBs going in the first round. Yeah, and go to that
1: that you know Rosen pretty much doesn't have a job anymore. Um, the others. Donald's hanging on. Donald's hanging on by a thread. I mean, he's got a second gig somewhere else, but yeah, that probably is slightly ahead of the 50% trend in that group. But you're right, none of these are guarantees to to land uh, and statistics would say that, you know, any player in this first round in particular is not going to stick. So that's just the gamble you take obviously, but everyone drafts. And this is probably the best thing. Everyone drafts a rookie with nothing but positivity, thinking that you're absolutely going to get the upside and there's no downside at all to them, but uh, we'll go now to the next four picks. And Keeney, you kick us off here. Cause the one Oh fives when it did get interesting.
2: Yeah, it certainly did. And we had our first uh, trade of the rookie draft. Now, this was flagged. Um, If you did listen to the pod last week, I did mention how Steve was looking to shop this around potentially. And sure enough, um, Steve's on the clock and traded out with uh, Matty Mack, who came up to pick five, also got Cortland Sutton in the deal. So a nice haul for Matt. Um, He gave to Steve, Miles Sanders, Mark Andrews, and Tariq Cohen. So, um, probably three legitimate starters to come up and take Ch- uh, Jamar Chase here and add Cortland Sutton. Boys, what do we think just on face value of of the of, of this trade?
1: Yeah. Um, look, I like the fact that Matt, uh, after Fields, went. Obviously, he was expecting potentially a skilled position player to go in the first four. He's seen five as an opportunity to go in. Like you said, Manny's never been one uh, to take a big risk on picks and prefers proven talent so i like what matt did um i think it's a pretty good trade i think matt was never fully sold on miles sanders i think getting out from him uh i think he got a bit frustrated with mark andrews towards the end of last year um so yeah i think that matt's gone and seen Jamar chase i mean he did do a surprising thing where he traded up and then took what was it two hours to even make the pick which i couldn't make sense of but um Yeah, he went ahead and got Jamar Chase there and then paired it with Cortland Sutton. Not a bad get.
2: Well, and it'll be good to have um, our other league members on um, in the next couple of pods, which we plan to do. So we'll be able to talk everyone through, um, you know, the thought process behind all of this. But I do know that, um, speaking with Matt, that he liked, you know, one of three players here. So he always wanted to come up to five to either take a QB or basically what was left over out of Pitts and Chase if one of them was gone. So I think that's why he took a little bit of time. I don't know about what you guys think, but as soon as this trade went down, I thought, well, he's traded a tight end away. He's got a wide receiver in Sutton in. I thought this was Kyle Pitts for sure. I was almost and and considering he's got T. Higgins as well, I was almost quite surprised that he went Jamar Chase. I'm not surprised with taking the talent of Jamar Chase. I'm just for the rest of his roster. I just thought Pitts was a certainty here.
0: Well, I'm not sure why we're wasting any time thinking about why or <laughs> when Matt thinks about time because he has a time zone named after him called Thayer Standard Times. So, um, but my quick take on it, um, obviously Manny loves to have proven players over, over draft picks, which I obviously took that approach last year um, and didn't work out for me. But it, it, it is, I don't mind the tactic at all. Um, and then we also know that Matt likes to double down on teams having chase and T Higgins now, and then obviously Robinson Etienne, which we'll speak about, um, a little later.
2: Yep. And we'll just keep moving on here. So, um, with pick six, I took Kyle Pitts. Um, look, it was basically best available. I was ecstatic to take one of, um, probably how Matt was thinking as well. One of the QBs or wide receiver one, tight end one, whoever kind of fell. Um, I honestly didn't think Pitts would be there um, at six. Um, so after i traded Kittle out, it was almost a, a nice replacement to be able to grab him. Um, and then Najee Harris, who I thought was kind of the highest floor running back of this class in terms of workload immediately. Um, he was my selection at pick seven, um, which, which kind of... Um, a little bit of strategy around kind of Matt being in my division and and I was happy to leave Travis Etienne on the board for him to um, either pick at pick eight or I would have happily taken him at potentially at nine. Um, So that was probably another reason why I took Najee, but I do like Najee as well.
0: Um, I think it's a great opportunity for me to step in here and ask the two of you um, because I think this is a huge get for 106 for Pitts to fall to you having unloaded Kittle to the host of this podcast, Ben. Are you a little gutted? Did you want Did you want to wait in hindsight for Pitts at 106 or are you happy with Kittle? I mean, you can't
1: sit back and say that you're ever disappointed by having Kittle on your roster. But in saying that, having the 106, 107 for a long time and when I was sort of trying to anticipate how the draft would fall, I would have loved to have any of Pitts or Harris like Keeney got at six and seven. They were sort of players that I definitely would have eyed off, especially with a win now mentality. Um, I didn't think kits oh, P- kits. There you go. <laughs> I didn't think Pitts would, uh, would fall to the 106. I genuinely thought that Steph would have taken him early. Um, so I thought, yeah, either way, I-, I didn't expect him to land there. And I thought Harris was a chance to go even in the top five as well. So both of those players were no lock to to fall at six and seven, but that's just the nature of of how it is. It fell that way, and I'm I'm still happy with Kittle.
2: Yeah, and probably from my point of view, um, if if Ben didn't trade up, uh, if Ben didn't trade for Kittle, there's a there's a world where Kittle was going to a another team, a, a rival team as well. So, and for me, part of trading for that six and seven was I thought there was a small chance, like very small, that you know that. Pitts could be there. I didn't think it was likely, but um, if that kind of fell my way, that would be great. But um, either way, I kind of liked what was at the draft in that six, seven spot. So um, kind of happy to do that. I thought it was a bit of a win win for both teams. So a bit Um, of a a sliding doors moment, are you saying, Keeney? Because you said a, a rival.
1: I can only assume that that would be the person who traded out of the 105 as someone who would have given up higher capital than the six and seven. So maybe the 105 trade doesn't go down to Matt, and therefore a different scenario plays out in the first round anyway. So yeah, interesting.
2: Mm. Yep, no doubt. Um, anything else, Hod?
0: No, I was I was just going to say um, you mentioned earlier that you were very happy with Jim's pick at 104. I think there's a bit of self-interest in there because that did allow you to get two of the three out of the best skill positions in the draft. So um either way i think you've you've got extreme value with those two picks for sure um are we we good to move on here or any last comments
2: no let's um let's move on i think did we say that matt um, got etienne no yeah, I'm getting to that now oh. so um so basically that left um matt on the clock at at one o eight um we kind of know the whole story about matt having james robinson and e t n on the board he slept on it. Overnight, he does like to sleep on it. He tells us that was uh, on what? due to, due to um, seeing if he could get any trade offers for anyone wanting to jump up and take a running back at 108. He didn't get anything. Um, so in the morning, he was pretty prompt in taking Travis Etienne there at the 108. Personally, I was a little bit surprised, um, but at the same time, he's taken what he saw as best available and not worry too much about kind of the makeup of his roster at this current stage. So um, that was the path he took.
0: Well, with that being said, I know the listeners are all still wondering what Matt is sleeping on, but we will move on to the one. Uh, sorry. The, the last third of the draft here in third the drink. first round. So the third round. Um, so again, Keeney frequent frequently uh, featuring here with the one Oh nine. He took D- Denver's running back, Javonte Williams. I did mention on the last pod, was there any chance that the humding is featured in this draft? And uh, sure enough, 110. um, McCorkle Jones from the Pats. 111, Devontae Smith here. Jake has um, maybe been sniped. We'll see what we have to say there. And then um, rounding out the first round, Steph has chimed in with uh, Jalen Waddle, the number six overall pick in the draft. So, Talking points, boys. I'll throw it to you, Keeney, first. Um, was there any interest in McCorkle at 109?
2: Um, oh, there certainly was. He was. It was either you know Williams or, or Mac Jones. Um, yeah, before I had six and seven, to be brutally honest, I was pretty likely to take Mac Jones at nine. Um, and I kind of just went down a different path. But he was always there. Um, He was always kind of front of mind there at pick nine for me. But I think um, probably less we speak about that, the better, and more about this trade that went down at pick 10. My goodness, it was enormous. Ben, do you want to run through it?
1: Enormous, I don't think, even begins to cover it. It was... uh, True. You know, we talk about how long this draft took, but when when a trade goes down literally to the deadline of eight hours, no one heard from Tim. He went into hibernation. He claims he was working um, all Saturday. We'd all pretty much switched off, just thought he was going to put his pick in in that last hour. And then it just got a bit tighter, a bit tighter. It got, you know, a 20-minute countdown, hadn't heard anything, a 15-minute countdown, hadn't heard anything. Got within five minutes and we thought we're – Every chance here to see an auto pick take place, and then I reckon with about a minute on the clock, uh, and that's not an exaggeration. We got a message from Hod saying that the trade's gone through with the details and who he picked. So the the trade was the pick ten, um, and Diggs, Stefan Diggs, Raheem Mostert, a 2023 first and a 2022 second, and Tim got Christian McCaffrey, the 101 in our startup. Last year, and Julio Jones in return. So, huge trade. Tim uh, getting out there with a minute to spare and giving up Diggs, who I, I didn't expect him to to walk away from stefan Diggs, his love child. But then he's gone and picked up two extra love children in CMC and Julio Keeney. What are your thoughts?
2: A <laughs> uh, monster trade, but I tell you, I actually really really like it for um, Hod and. Not not from a value point. Of, obviously, I like it for Tim too. Tim gets two absolute stars and I think we forget how good CMC is and it clearly puts Tim right in contention this year to be in the top two um, for mine in this league in 2021. But I just love it for, for Hod's ability to do a little mini reset um, but stay competitive within that division. I think it was kind of the move that you had to make um, in terms of trading off CMC. And I think you got some... Some really nice pieces um, for him. Obviously, Mac Jones, we hope he pans out for you. But even having Newton and Jones together, I like that. Um, You know, getting downgrading Jones, not downgrading, but downgrading in age, Jones down to digs. You know, his wide receiver four last year, 26 years old, still got, you know, five or six really good fantasy years ahead of him. Most of it has now all of a sudden become pretty relevant, Hod um after the news from jeff wilson doing his uh, meniscus i believe yeah and then a couple of a couple of draft picks which you which you didn't have so um i think in totality it's a great trade for both parties and puts tim right in the frame now and, and gives as i said gives you hod um, a real chance to sort of reset while still being competitive in that division
0: 100 percent, and i will set this up um for the listeners um i did Did text him early on. He's expressed some interest with his love child, um, but never been serious. Um, So I did text him early in the morning when he was working. He was working, Ben. Um, Just said McCaffrey question mark. Four hours later. So this is with two hours to spare on the clock he comes back to me um, with a pretty reasonable offer. I know there are some in this league that believe that he doesn't have any trading ability, but it was not a bad starting point. Um, it was all the three picks um, that, uh, that, that was a constant the whole way. And then it was most and Michael Pittman as the initial offer. Um, then Tim started to um, put some pressure on me about the clock, which maybe, uh, showed me there was a few nerves about the time. So I uh, I waited a bit.
2: <laughs> I don't know how the bloke on and... the clock
0: can put pressure on the guy not on the clock.
1: <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> Wait, so can I, just, can, sure. I just,
2: can I just clarify? The first deal didn't have Julio, right? It was just... Did not have Julio. Yeah, it was just Pittman Did involved not. without the Julio bit. Yeah. So yeah. with... And both Tim and I were
0: in separate Ubers on the way to the same birthday. So this is where it got juicy. Um, With 28 minutes to spare on the clock, I um, sent back C-Mac and Julio for the picks and then threw in Diggs. Now, we'll have Tim on later to confirm this, but there is definitely an emotional attachment to the man C-Mac. So I'm not sure if the blinkers were on, but when he rocked up to this birthday party, I assure you not, he was whiter than Casper the Ghost. (laughs) And this was after he replied to the message that um, good offer, but don't want Julio might only have one year left and don't know where he is going. I said, all good. That was it. End of it. Then he rocked up with a little cheeky grin, pale as, and said, ah, I'm still thinking about this. And for 20 minutes up until the deadline, he was sweating, Absolute <laughs> bullets. So I did not expect this to happen in the end. And Tim was probably the last person I expected to give McCaffrey to because of recent successes. But I will just make one point on where it positions the sides. And this was made by our reigning champ. And I actually hadn't, th- hadn't thought about this one bit. But the two players I gave up um, barely played for me last year. So three games for McCaffrey and Julio um, if you count the injured games, was I don't know, six six or seven. So, yeah, I've added some capital in the future, which I needed to do because I don't think my team um, is a contender at the moment, um, but also got a couple of pieces to remain somewhat competitive. Um, so, yeah, it was very, very interesting afternoon. Um, I'm sure, I hope the league enjoyed it, which I know a few did.
1: <laughs> Definitely.
0: Um, but we will we'll push on. In the interest of time. Um, that pick, the 110, McCorkle, I think had a bit of impact on Jake. We, we did exchange some texts after. Um, very drunk texts. Didn't make a whole lot of sense, but um, expressed the love that we have for one another. And um, <laughs> one could argue the fantasy gods weren't with him. We, we haven't mentioned <laughs> the fantasy gods in a while, but um, I think he was planning on taking McCorkle. So a um, bit of a snipe there, but, then he came in and um, picked Devontae Smith at 11, which is obviously a bit of a slide for a, a, who I think is an absolute star, um, despite the size. But ironically, Philly traded up for Devontae Smith and sniped the Giants. Um, so Jake's picked a player that's involved in some sniping after being sniped himself. Um, and Wes- then... They uh, start the- calling him yep, Wesley. Wesley Snipes. Like it. Very clever, Ben. Um, and then the last pick there, Jalen <laughs> Waddle. <laughs> um, Jalen Waddle with the 112. Uh, I actually might lump that into the next um, batch of players, the, the first four picks of the second round. Any last words on um, who we got there, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, boys?
1: Uh, I like Devontae Smith a lot. I thought pretty good talent to slide at the back end of the first round there. Jalen Waddle. I think was always going to be picked in the first round. I think we'll highlight that in our mock draft, we got all 12 people right in the first round, just got the order a bit out of place, but trades will do that as well. So uh, no, it was good result. End of the day,
2: Jake's got, um, you know, wide receiver two in this class, both in the real draft and in the rookie draft at pick 11. Um, Not sure that would happen most years. So um, I think due to the, the, QB depth and obviously tight end being in there as well, which won't happen every year. Um, You know, for the wide receiver two to fall to pick 11 is great value.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We will move on here. So I will reel off the first four picks of the second round. Steph at the 201 has taken Arizona receiver Rondale Moore, the little pocket rocket. Scoots chimed in. Um, He loves Carolina, this bloke. Um, The 202 has taken uh, Terrace Marshall. Um 203, Camo's chimed in with Rashad Bateman from Baltimore. He loves a Baltimore receiver, old Camo. And the 204, uh, we get Elijah Moore for Jake. So there's a trend here, boys. We've got Steph's taken two quarterbacks and then two receivers with his next two picks. So that they were his two biggest needs in the draft, I believe. So he's um, nailed some value in positions of need there. Um, and we can also say that for Jake because uh, he's taken back-to-back receivers within a few picks um, in another position of need. Um, Terrace Marshall, high-risk, high-reward pick, I think, for Scoot. Um, Robbie Anderson's only got one year left, so he could slot in and feature quite heavily. Maybe not this year, but um, definitely a year down the track. Um Camo doubles down on the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Now, old Slippery Fingers Camo mentioned that I uh, (laughs) am during the week. (laughs) uh, He mentioned during the week that I am his biggest rival in this league, which was a little surprising. Um, So in saying this, I absolutely hate the pick. I love the player in uh, Bateman, but it is such a small pie there in Baltimore with uh, Lamar's inaccuracies and rushing ability. So... Boys, lay it on me. What do you what do you think of the four receivers taken here early second round?
2: Well, I think first of all, I think clearly Steph listens to the pod, which is great to hear because didn't you give <laughs> Rondell Moore a little nice pump up last week? And lo and behold at the 201, in clicks Rondell Moore for the DFF ahead of guys like Elijah Moore, which, you know, consensus, I think Elijah was probably going ahead of Rondell Moore. Um you know, Bateman, Marshall in you know, a similar tier probably. Um, but I think it's, yeah, the, the, this run of wide receivers here was kind of spoke to the evenness of of this crop, which we kind of discussed last week.
1: Yep. I think um, we probably shouldn't uh, forget to mention the old trigger, figure, trigger finger scoop that is, uh, <laughs> I think, averaged in this <laughs> entire draft – about four seconds a pick was his average yeah. pick time. Like The bloke doesn't stuff around. Um, it's all about
2: slippery fingers.
0: <laughs> they,
1: they were sharp. They weren't slippery. Um, maybe he was just sick of waiting the two days for the first 12 picks to take place. And he was just itching to get that pick mm. in because I, I blinked and all of a sudden we were at the 203.
0: Well, I will just comment on that. Scoot did uh, let me know that four seconds is his personal best. So, well done there, Scoot.
2: Yeah, there's some laser focus, Scoot. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy. Jeepers. (laughs) Oh dearie. Shall we? I'm uh...
0: actually. I'm going to chime in and straighten us up here.
2: (laughs) Who needs to go? Me, Katie. Let's um. Let's let's keep going here with the the middle third rent um, with Jimmy Hanson. Interesting pick here from Jim guys. I'm um, St. Brown kind of the end of that little QB, uh, sorry, wide receiver run. So seven wide receivers taken in a row. So I'm St. Brown at the end of that. Um, one of four wide receivers that um, Jim added to his roster through the rookie draft, but also added Jalen Rager as well. So he's really, Bolstered that running uh, wide receiver room in the off season has Jim um, should get quite a few targets early on in Detroit due to their lack of um, depth at that position. So we'll see how that goes for him. Um, pick six here. Trey Sermon went yes, to yes sir. Um, Trey yes sir. Men went to Scoot. <laughs> Clockier, <laughs> there, there we was, go. Um, That's Christine move. Didn't even tee that up. That's just um, (laughs) that's live podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. How we roll? That's how we roll. But um, I reckon I can tell between us, guys. I don't know what you guys think. I'm I was surprised Sermon got this far. Um, I've seen him in a few other mocks that I've looked at go early second, sometimes creep late first. Um, Just just that having that running back um, in San Francisco is huge. Generally, if he gets, he's got four years. Um, if he can, if he can make his way into the top of that running back depth chart, that's massive value.
0: Don't tell me we're having another hindsight uh, review of a running back sliding, just like Clyde edwards hilaire was lucky to fall last year, and <laughs> Jonathan Taylor also after some injuries and um, mm. opt-outs. So yeah. no, nah, I, I do really do really like Sermon as the pick as well. Obviously, most it's got. Not very long, but probably will lead it out of the gate. My man, Jeff, is a little injured and uh, there's not really much else. I think McKinnon's gone. So um, Sermon could be a diamond in the rough for sure. Yeah, Yeah, I think
1: good pick to fall at the six there. I thought he was going to go at probably the 203, 204, somewhere in there. So um, yeah, a bit more love for the wide receivers and Scoot gets a nice pick at the 206. And I reckon he took about three seconds for that pick um, just to keep his current trend.
2: And as as you say, Hyde, if um, if Jeff Wilson gets injured, you know, three or four days earlier, I, I think Sermon goes almost at the two hundred one. There, how long's the meniscus normally? Uh, it's four to six Eight. months at the moment. Yeah. yeah so,
0: um, I've just had some uh, late mail in, and I think there's been a league name change, and they are now known as the Bayside Four-Second Sermons. What do you think, boys? <laughs> Jesus,
2: jeepers! Uh, that sound effect doesn't get old. I'm gonna, I'm gonna straighten, this up here, straighten us up. Straighten us up. Um, and I'll take us to the 207, which is where some real spice was added to this rookie draft. <laughs> I really, um, I really had a conniption when I saw Ramondre Stevenson selected here at the 207 wow way i just it's um it's a bold take from jakey boy and i just think he's fast and loose the chips in the bag he he's taken his guys and good on him like when you win it year one who cares um so i like that he's targeted the guy he likes um it's taken him here at the 207 followed it up with the 208 um and the second tight end off the board in pat fryer mooth um which is probably again, I think we flagged it in the in the um, the mock draft that a tight end here was potentially on the cards um, or a good selection for someone like Jake who can let him sit there. All they've got is Eric Ebron in front of him, and he's out of contract next year. So, um, mate, I've got Eric Ebron. And,
1: don't don't take him off my roster.
2: <laughs> mate, I'm not saying he's re- I'm not saying he's retiring. I'm saying he's probably going to leave Pittsburgh at the end of the year, and then Frymuth can retain that number one gig and. Ebron can go elsewhere. Yeah, fair. Question. So there well, you
0: go. This um, this sort of rings true. At what happened to you, Keeney. Uh, I think because Jake did offload uh, his number one tight end. Um, what was the name escape me? Denver. Um, Noah Fant. Noah Fant got rid of him recently, but then gets the I think is a great pick in front. I think he can be an absolute star tight end in this league. Not not a, not in the realm of a Cole Komet, you know, but. <laughs> um, I think I think he can definitely be a star and an instant starter for Jake's squad um, this even as early as this season.
1: Yeah. I uh yeah, we had Fry Muth at the 206, so he's pretty much fallen where we thought a team might snap him up there. I was interested, like you said, with the Stevenson pick at the two oh seven, mainly because you know, if that's the guy that Jake likes, uh consensus didn't really have him as this as the next running back off the board. A lot of mocks had Carter as the next running back. So uh, the only thing that stands out there is Jake didn't really even try and take time to seek a trade. He just put the pick in pretty quickly from memory. I don't think he waited around. He went bang, bang, similar to a scoot style uh, there. So... <laughs> Just light the bloke, put the pick in. But yeah, thought that he might have uh, looked to maybe trade back and get a bit of value and then get his guy a bit later. But either way, he got Stevenson. And uh, I'll, I'll move to the last third round of this round where we, at the 209, had the Punishers taking another New York Giant. They might need to rename themselves to Papa's New York Giant Punishers. Uh, Kadarius Toney. Goes at the 209 there, which is pretty good value for a bloke who gets drafted in the first round of the NFL to fall into the late second round in ours. Uh, Carter, the New York Jets running back at the 210 to the Park City Lions. Kellen Mond, 211 to Scoot's team in two seconds. I think he took him and then Amari Rogers at the 212 to the Punishers. Thoughts there, Keeney?
2: Well, I think you've just pretty much nailed it. Just take the New York part out of it. So just Papa's giant punishes, I think, is <laughs> absolutely perfect. A couple um, of league name changes. Uh, yeah, I like it. Um, <laughs> but as, as for the... Um, hey, for should, the we, should we
1: do a vote? Should he change his name to that? I think we should all agree on
2: that. Do we agree? You
1: know, yeah, surely. Absolutely.
2: There's a unanimous conclusion. As for the selections, I think we were talking off air. Just um, you know, Tony, what was he? Wide receiver eight off the board here. Um, third wide receiver taken in the draft, taken in the first round. I think at that point of the draft, you just got to got to take Tony in, and um, and take the value there. Carter, I was surprised, got to two ten as well. Um, he's had a lot of buzz lately, could easily, there's nothing there in New York at the moment. Um, so... Yeah, well, Tevin Coleman, Ty
1: Johnson and LaMichael P. Ryan. So. Yeah,
2: so he's, he's, he's every chance to get a starting gig um, in what should be a much improved offence in New York. And then we kind of flag this kind of, you know, have a crack at a QB here in the, in the mock. Um, so yeah. Scoot takes Kellermond, um, athletic, tight, um, athletic QB, Sort of let him sit on the taxi squad for a couple of years. Hope he either gets the job or or something happens and he gets a look at it. Um, and then Amari Rogers could, you know, has, easily has a path to some some volume in that Green Bay offense. And uh, I suppose Pappas is probably hoping that that Aaron sticks around for a bit. Well,
0: it's it's just come to me that no wonder Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, is a little suki because he's the second best A Rodgers in Green Bay. But um, the Kadarius Tony was an interesting one because um, I was playing golf with Papa, um, very sore in the head, I must add. But he wasn't very keen on taking Tony the whole time. And then, as you mentioned, those picks just went bang, bang, bang. And I think uh, Papa may have got um, over his poor golfing that morning and uh, just stuck true with Tony. But Yeah, it was an interesting one because he he did mention I've got too many giants and then now he's changed his team name and taken Tony. So, who would have thought?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll feel the silence there. Um, No, I agree. Value taken there. I think good move by Scoot taking a QB there just to uh, give himself a bit of flexibility. I reckon Fitzpatrick will have a very good season in Washington, but he's obviously no certainty after this season to know what the future is. And Kellen Mond, who knows might, uh, might just be waiting in the wings in Minnesota. So we'll have to wait and see, but we'll uh, we won't go through the next two rounds in depth here, but just a few, um, just a few notable picks, I guess. Uh, was there anything you guys want to talk about before we go through the notable picks in the third and fourth?
2: No, no, no. All right. Let's move
1: so, on. Uh, third round, we had uh, Timos trading up to the 301 to get Diami Brown from Washington. That was more just notable in that Manny took another three hours off the clock, four hours off the clock to trade back three spots, <laughs> just so he could add old Van Jefferson to his uh, <laughs> to his stocks. There, um, yeah, the 305, Jim takes Nico Collins, who's uh, who's got an opportunity to start there, um, had pretty ordinary QBs in college. So could be a bit of an upside pick, but then he's doubled down the 310 and gone Davis Mills. So he's trying to just manufacture a bit of a stack in Houston. And the way that Houston's going, who knows anything could potentially happen there. Uh, Third round, just to round it out, Kenneth Gainwell fell to the 311, which I think is a nice little pick there. Uh, Had a lot of uh, positives about his pass catching ability. Uh, and falls to the late third pick. Once again, Miles Sanders hasn't done anything to uh, sort of endear himself as the number one starting running back there. He's got a lot of upside Miles Sanders, but uh, can't stay healthy. So Kenneth Gainwell could just carve out a bit of a role. Fourth round, we had old uh, Tremble. Tommy Tremble. Tremble or Tremblay, (laughs) depending on how you want (laughs) to... pronounce it um, did the first name escape you there Ben <laughs> I was I was about to stutter and say to tremble um, Tommy uh, who Trimble. could be the starting starting tight end at Carolina there the 404 uh, just stands out because it was the 404 and Manny just couldn't make his mind up and let it time out let the fate decide and got old Jared Rice who who doesn't even belong to an NFL team at the moment And then probably the last one is Tutu Atwell, who was a second round pick in the NFL, falling to the 406 to Tim Moss's team there. Thoughts, boys?
0: So I'll um, I'll just remind the listeners, um, all nine of them, that uh, this is a Saturday night in Melbourne. There may have been some beers drank because the rundown strictly said that Ben's supposed to read these picks out and we'll come in and give the detail. He's just taken it all and (laughs) ran with it. So... And I will try like- and chime in on a – I will try and chime in a little bit here. Um, Tim Oster's trade-up, obviously, Diami Brown. He has – he's a possible wide receiver too there in Washington. Um, and interestingly, Stephen Jefferson, man, I think that has a nice ring to it, has traded in Van Jefferson and then gone ahead and drafted uh, the running back, Jay Jefferson, the first name oh. eludes me. So, Jamar <laughs> Jamar Jefferson. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a Jeffo going on there. And with he's got Danny Justin but, um,
1: Jefferson as well.
0: There you go. And then, um, yeah, the Houston stack. Um, Nico Collins, he, he is an interesting guy. Um, huge receiver and didn't have any quarterback help at all in his uh, college. I think it was at Michigan. But interestingly, um, Houston has Cooks, Kiki Kuti, uh, got in Chris Conley, and then Randall Cobb ahead of him. So there's a real opportunity there that there could be a couple of cap casualties for sure with some older heads there. So he may feature early and uh, prominently for Houston. And then Davis mills, a quarterback who knows what's going on with slippery fingers Watson. So um, there's a huge opportunity there. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Ben. I just love the shake of the head. Um, so yeah, Jim's doubled down on Houston with huge opportunity there. Um, Kaney, give us some context
2: around the, the last four picks for us, please. I really don't need to. All I wanted to, uh, <laughs> sorry. All I wanted to mention was Ben. Did we have, did we have a theme song for Steve here when we were waiting for him to pick, or not oh, pick? Jared I think we Rice.
1: Did. Yeah, when uh, when we were waiting that full eight hours. Uh... I
2: think we. I actually called Richard. Um, and, Richard. Yeah. Dick. Richard Marks, and just. Yeah.
1: And just ask if he was available <laughs> After Jared Rice came off the board I, I think this song rang out to everyone
2: Whatever you go Whatever you do I will Jesus. Oh. Oh, that's, as, that's as bad as Mitzi on a Monday night.
1: I think we've confirmed that beers on a Saturday night trying to do the pot is not a good call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dick <Ooh>. marks. It's <laughs> <laughs> just falling fall apart here. Yeah.
0: Straighten us up, Betty.
1: Please. Straighten us up, mate. Oh, after the uh, the big dick. I don't know if I can straighten us up. Um, it was
0: Straight. <laughs> dead straight.
1: Anyway, with that uh I'm sure Manny can can listen to that song every time he goes to sleep when he has to contemplate what to do with Jared Rice. I think he's going to be too stubborn to drop him for the next 4 years and just going to let him sit there on the roster, probably in the taxi squad. Um There we go. Um but before we go, uh we probably need to discuss one of the biggest trades from post draft. Um, it's a pretty big one that went down. What do you reckon? Uh, Hod, do you want to run us through the trade?
0: What? Yeah. Well, what what you think of Josh Kelly for a 2022
1: fourth? <laughs> That was that was, that was big, huge. It was a huge trade, but not the one that I'm alluding to here, Keeney, Oh, run us through the one that actually uh, meant something.
2: Uh, yeah i I added uh, Calvin Ridley and downgraded from a first to a third rounder and Jakey boy picked up that first rounder upgraded his third to a first and also picked up Najee Harris. Um, so the sixth pick in the draft, the seventh pick in the draft. Um, so clearly kind of how after the, the trade, um, i oh, sorry, the draft kind of took place. And I think Jake ended up taking quite a few receivers, um, was probably looking at maybe one of those running backs to fall, hopefully like a Javante Williams or a Travis CTN didn't happen. Um, so he figured that in the window he's in right now to, to grab a young kind of workhorse running back. That's something he looked at. I wanted to strengthen up my wide receiver room, probably looking more towards a, a future um, for my squad, not necessarily for this year. So it kind of made sense for both teams and, um, That's what we ended up going with. It was quite a big trade on a Wednesday night, I think.
1: Was monstrous. Hot. Have you got any thoughts on that trade? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks, Dick re- Marks. Gets rid of CMC and doesn't give a shit about anyone else.
2: <laughs> no,
0: it was. Um, these are these are some of the best trades uh, that go down post draft. So no, it was a good one. Juicy was juicy. I think
1: um, talking to, I think what you mentioned before, Keeney, that Jake's gone and won a title. His boy Ridley, that was the guy. He was his ride or die and doesn't give a shit about him anymore. He's happy to get rid of him now. He's got his title, got what he wanted out of him and uh, move on.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Um, and now you'll have a new boy, Najee Harris, the main man in Pittsburgh. So, um well, time will tell whether it was a, um, a good trade for either party, but um, at this stage, I think um, relatively fair, I would have thought. But um, I think, I think, um, just in closing, also, it'd be great to have in the coming weeks uh, these boys on the podcast, so we can dial straight into Jake's mind, and once again congratulate him on the on the victory and new one.
1: That is the plan to get uh, some league members back on the line. We might have to extend an olive branch, maybe send a gift basket to uh, to Vale Street, see if we can get Scooter to, to jump on again with us. Maybe uh, go against his word of never listening to us again, but we'll time will tell. But uh, yeah. Waiting to get the guys on, get their thoughts. Maybe we, our thoughts on what they did might be horribly wrong. We might have been on the money. Time will tell. I'm sure they'll reveal all that stuff to us. Give us your final thoughts.
0: Final thoughts, boys, is whenever there is a draft, there is always a Mr. Irrelevant. And this year's Mr. Irrelevant might be a lot more relevant because I think we can all agree we all love some puka in our lives. Podcast over and out. <laughs> yes.
2: tickle the olive tray <laughs>